employees. And, you know, George, I was one of the first pe people in the construction industry to put women in charge of major construction projects. And my relationship has been great. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Europe is on its back. Now it's really impacting everything. Economic efficiencies, which means some more job opportunities. More stable investment has been the preferred asset class. Money for nothing. Good morning and welcome to the start of the week. This is the breaking business news on RTHK Radio 3's Money for Nothing on Friday the 7th of August. I'm Richard Harris. And your business headlines this morning. Jobs data is enough to fuel speculation that interest rate rises are coming in September. I think it was a number that was expected. Economy here has slowed down some based on most measures. I think it would have been nicer for everybody if the number had been a little bit better. Most markets end off the first week of August with small falls. China's inflation disappoints. And Warren Buffett goes elephant hunting. He seeks to buy metal basher precision cast parts for a cool 30 billion US dollars. And in other use, there's a war for talent. Wall Street banks are rushing to lock in their top interest rate traders with fat pay packages in anticipation of big trading activity from rising interest rates. Where can I apply? Well, we've lots to, of news to ease you into the business week. As usual, we have our international economics correspondent, Barry Wood, giving us the latest updates from Washington, D.C., on the weekend's economic data. Next, we hear about the return of the political commissar. We talk about the impact of China's cyber cops being inserted into private internet businesses with Eva Doe of the Wall Street Journal. And last up is our intern, Amanda Xiang, who's been chatting to the music industry about how streaming has disrupted traditional music sales. And our local professor, Tobias Hexter, is back with us on the guest host, Hot seat. Good morning, Tobias. Good morning, Richard. And interest rates, are you a September man or December man? Um, I'm a token this, uh, September one, man. We're gonna get a what small, does that mean? Well, we're going to get something small notional in September so that we can check the box. But as you see later, the numbers are not that great and supportive. So it's all about the language going forward. I don't see we're getting any fireworks, real fireworks coming soon. But don't you think just even a little bit interest rate rises in September is going to upset the apple cart? Depends on the language. Everybody, if you get the quarter and you get something incredibly dovish, yeah, then uh, it might not. Mm, good. Well, that sounds reasonably positive. Anyway, the U.S. economy added 215,000 jobs in July, while the unemployment rate held at a seven-year low of 5.3%. Most jobs came in the service sector. The figures just missed expectations of a 225,000 rise. Professor Alan Kruger of Princeton University likes it. This is a very solid report. I take this as uh, further uh, evidence that the job market's continuing to heal. We've been on this path now for about six years. Um, it shouldn't be a surprise that we're continuing on this trajectory. But what worries Tim Kaine of the Hoover Institute is the participation rate. I think it's a good report, but I wouldn't call it a great report. The, the, the unemployment rate at 5.3%, that's consistent, you know, pretty steady eddy report, um, that's just white hot. And yet we see the labor force participation rate, which again is a very low number, as long as it's been, as low as it's been in years, that means there's millions of people that just aren't even trying to work anymore. Well, analysts took the figures to lean strongly towards a likely U.S. interest rate rise in September. The civilian labor force participation rate was unchanged at 62.6 in July. Bill Gross of Janus, though, is pretty sure the rate rises are coming. 
September is the number uh, almost for sure. Nothing's for sure in this world, but I, I think the Fed really wants to get off the dime, and uh, there have been some pretty strong signals from Lockhart and others that uh, September is the number, and I think it's because of financial conditions. We know that inflation is close to zero. Um, yes, unemployment is steady but low. Um, you know, there are, there are reasons why the, the Fed shouldn't move, but I think the Fed will move because of financial conditions. Well, international companies and governments worldwide are issuing record sums of long-dated debt to try and dodge the rise in interest rates. Sovereign and corporate borrowers borrowed $253 billion last year of U.S. dollars in long-dated – this year, sorry, in long-dated bonds, uh, some 35 percent over the same period last year. Uh, last week, U.S. equities slipped after the jobs data, but the yield on the 10-year Treasury closed up a touch at 2.16 percent. The S&P dipped 0.8 on Friday to 2078, the Nasdaq dipped 0.3 to 5044, and in Europe the stocks index was lower by a fifth to 3,638. Last week, Shanghai ended up 2.2% to 3,744, uh, recovering from the big losses of the week before, while Hong Kong was down 0.34% to 24,553. Brent crude lost 6% last week to end a new month low at $48.60. Gold was flat at $1,093. The euro is unchanged at $1.10. The yen is printing 124.28 yen and the pound is at $1.55, slightly lower than it was last week. China's consumer inflation rate hit its highest level this year in July, but it's still well below the government target of about 3%. The rate edged up to 1.6% from 1.4% the month before because of rising food prices. Analysts say the data points to the need for measures to stimulate the world's second largest economy, possibly by cutting interest rates. The Wall Street Journal has reported that Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway is to close a deal to buy precision cast parts in what could be the largest purchase ever for Berkshire at about $30 billion. The price is a 12% premium to current share price and precision shares have fallen 20% this year. The company makes aircraft components and energy equipment. Berkshire is now so big, at about 350 billion US dollar market cap, that Mr. Buffett is likened looking for new deals as elephant hunting. Anyway, it's currently uh, 8.09. Let's go elephant hunting with our own RTHK's international economics correspondent, Barry Wood. Good morning, Barry. <laughs> Have you Are got your elephant gun? I'm afraid he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. You're not talking about the uh, Republican chances. Oh, my. Isn't that something? (laughs) Good morning to you, Richard. Good morning, Tobias. Good morning. Barry, um, let's talk about jobs uh, first of all. Uh, What's the general feeling for jobs in the States? We've had, you know, these figures ticking along, uh, bobbing along pretty much the same figures for quite a long time now. Unemployment is 5.3%. You know, that's um, not that much uh, above where economists would say was where unemployment is never going to go down. What's the general feeling among the population? Well, you know, there's, um, there's a drumbeat of uh, pessimism in the media, but I don't think the public is particularly worried. They'd certainly like their wages to go up, and that's not happening. But I think this uh, jobs data is fantastic. I think, uh, as you suggest, we're really at full employment, and I think it's uh, continuing on this trajectory, and I think we're looking very good, Richard. 
But may I ask one question? Because uh, last week uh, there was a sort of dismal wage growth number. In this number, the wage growth is also not supported. And we got participation rate at, I think, a low since 1977. So at least for the general population, it seems there are some dark clouds ahead, especially if a lot of the jobs are Mac jobs. Well, I think you're right on that, Tobias. Uh, it is interesting. This participation figure is worrisome. But I would add that uh, we never even heard of this uh, terminology until about five years ago. I do think that it does reflect a lot of people saying, I'm not coming into the labor market because the wages are not high enough. I think a lot of the immigration across our southern border has a lot to do with keeping wages low, particularly at those entry-level jobs. And this is a worrisome trend as we go all the way back to 2000. Seven, eight, nine, and there's no sign that this is going to change. So, you're right, Richard and Tobias, to uh, sort of call me back to perhaps a little more pragmatic view and get rid of some of my optimism about this economy. But you know, maybe it's um, not so bad after all, because Hillary Clinton is talking about the gig economy, where people pick up different gigs. I mean, I know Tobias has got a, a hat full. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I theoretically, uh, I suppose I'm self-employed, but I seem to be working 24-7. And, and you're the same, Barry. We almost don't really seem to fit into traditional measures of employment. Well, that's true. And I think we all are um, collecting anecdotal data from the people we know. And I live in Washington, D.C., which is a government town. So, indeed, people are feeling pretty good here. I mean, yes, there's been cutbacks in defense spending with more coming, but nobody's really pessimistic that I'm talking to. When I was out in Ohio and Michigan, I found a lot of optimism, and that sort of buoyed my general optimistic feeling about the next 6 to 12 months in the U.S. economy. But I do agree with you, Richard. We're somewhat insulated from uh, the average guy or the college graduate who is coming out at age 22 with a big packet full of debt and can't find a job. So this is, it's, it's not altogether a rosy picture. Can I ask one short question? Uh, with the crashing price of oil, is that a good or a bad thing in the economy? Producers on one hand, consumers on the other. Yeah, that's exactly right. Look, uh, we are, depending on the year, the number two or number three oil-producing nation. So all of this Bakken, North Dakota optimism that had to do with, uh, you know, shale drilling and getting all of this oil that we ship by tanker car on trains, uh, that's all depressed. And if you're in the southeast starting at New Orleans, moving over towards Houston, things are depressed down there. There's no doubt about it. Now, come to the American motorist, and we're in the peak of the summer vacation season. My goodness, <laughs> and I've been on the road. Prices are lower than they've been in two years. And in fact, getting very close to the level they were five years ago. So look, uh, the motorist is happy. And I think that uh, it's a mixed bag, but on balance, Tobias, I would answer your question by saying, Low fuel prices are good for the U.S. economy. Agreed. Yeah, and um, uh, so we've got all of this stimulation, lower oil prices, jobs don't look too bad, great housing starts. How come the Fed has been so slow? We've had one Fed governor coming out, uh, breaking ranks and saying September, but it seems to be strange that more aren't doing the same. Well, Richard, Tobias, my take on this is that just as in 2008 nine after Lehman Brothers, we saw this incredible effect of this 
banking collapse in the U.S. on the rest of the world, particularly emerging markets. I think that's where the concern is. That's why Christine Lagarde at the IMF will say, don't raise rates at all this, this year. If you look at Brazil, India, Russia, South Africa, and I suppose you could even add that giant just to the north of <laughs> you, it is a somewhat scary situation given that their equity prices are down, their currencies are down. I'm not talking about China, of course, but this is worrisome. What if the rate rise, it goes the theory, sends those currencies much lower? What if it is a sense that the growth in emerging markets is going to slow even more than it already has. I think that's the concern. Yeah, it shows the uh, strength of the US dollar, doesn't it, in the world economy, that um, uh, the, the dollar is, is so important. Stronger dollar means cheaper imports for the US. Um, uh, but it also can make it quite difficult if there's not enough growth to pull those emerging markets out of difficulty. Absolutely. And don't forget, while the dollar is strong, it is not as strong as it was in 2009. So on a trade-weighted basis, we still got some distance still to go. Still some room to go. But yeah. Yeah, there's fragility. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Great, Barry. It's always uh, great talking to you. Thanks very much. And uh, uh, we'll let you get back uh, to bed now. Thanks very much. That's uh, Barry Wood, who's our very own international economics correspondent. Well, last week, China's Ministry of Public Security announced a plan to put network security offices inside important websites and Internet firms in a bid to catch criminal behaviour. It's more perceived as a move to tighten censorship, data control and restrict online freedom. Eva Dou, who's the China technology reporter at The Wall Street Journal, has been following this story. Good morning, Eva. Hi, good morning. Eva, can you just uh, give us a bit of background about the rule? What, what's, what's new that's happening? Yes. Um, so China's Ministry of Public Security has said that it will set up cybersecurity police units at major Internet companies. Um, so this is a bit different from before, where it just had these broad censorship rules and Internet companies were largely supposed to police itself. Um, but this is a much more hands-on approach in that they're actually setting up offices, which more than anything is a symbolic me- measure saying, you know, we're watching you, we're watching this space. Um, so make sure you comply with the regulation. It's, it's a bit like the return of the political commissar, where you have a political director in the firm as well as uh, the ordinary directors. Right. And um, actually, a lot of... Uh, Chinese internet companies have had these all along, like uh, Xiaomi has recently set up one of these um, uh, Communist Party units also. So, uh, so yeah, these Chinese internet companies, they very much are uh, ha- have to be Chinese companies first and internet companies second. Is this likely to restrict the development of China's internet? I mean, there have been a lot of reports that now that the censorship is so strong that the speed of the internet has slowed down dramatically, in some cases making it extremely difficult to use. I mean, that must be very damaging to the economy. Yeah, well, these kind of censorship measures, they, they tend to have a certain amount of a chilling effect um, because more free, free-willing content that the government is not so keen on. Yeah. And how do you think... 
Sorry, you cut out there. Oh, um, yeah, and so these policing, they're not so much a policy change. It's not that um, censorship is being, uh, new censorship rules have been um, put in place. It's more just they're enforcing more strictly. It seems to be, I mean, they're going to have to have quite a lot of people, aren't they, to actually go inside. I mean, of course, they'll be in editorial meetings and things like that. But I guess they were already fairly strictly controlled. So where's the extra mm-hmm. kick going to be for the government? Um, well, it seems like it's more um, just sending them because, of course, already the the government was enforcing these censorship rules um, from a distance. You know, it already was meeting with Internet companies frequently. Um, so there's not a real necessary need for them to set up physical units inside these companies except to send this message. And Eva, how's it going to affect companies which have quite a big international component, people like Alibaba? Because presumably we won't have individuals, political individuals, in in their foreign offices. Right, yeah. So the government has not issued any details so far on this, and it hasn't said which companies are affected. Um, But it has said major Internet companies will be affected. So it's probably a safe bet that uh, China's three Internet giants, Alibaba, Tencent, and Baidu, would make that list. Um, And for for, um, these publicly listed Internet companies, they've Lon put into um, their public disclosure that censorship is one of the risks that they face in the China market, hmm. um, but they usually shy away from um, disclosing anything further than that. Yeah, and uh, too much detail. Well, great. Thanks very much, Eva. It's uh, great to hear from you and uh, for following up us up on that story about uh, having network security offices inside uh, important Chinese internet companies. It's currently 8.21. The road is not for text messaging, nor for social networking. And of course, not for mobile games. Drivers should always be on the alert. Those who use mobile phones or tablets while driving are risking their lives. For safety's sake, keep your hands on the steering wheel and your eyes on the road. No distractions. Drivers should pay attention to the road ahead. Well, that's a very popular Taylor Swift, and for those of us rather ripe in age, recording media has changed dramatically. Remember vinyl and the old record players? No, I thought you didn't. We had an open reel tape machine in the house well before I moved to cassette tapes as a teenager. Ten years later came CDs the size of dinner plates, and shortly after that came the physical CDs we know today. But now music listeners are split into two clans. They're either downloading MP3s from internet music sites like iTunes or they're streaming music from sites like the Swedish music service Spotify or Beats, now Apple Music, or indeed from Asian streaming companies like KKBox. But what impact is having this on the industry? Our intern Amanda Xiang is about the right age to understand the changes and she's been talking to industry insiders and listeners. When Taylor Swift removed her best-selling songs from Spotify earlier this year, 
People turn their attention to how digital music distribution is taking over traditional methods. Spotify entered the Hong Kong market in 2013. Andy Chow, Kwok Yin, and Kate Zhe being two of the most popular local artists. The Swedish company and other digital streaming devices like Apple Music or KKBox provide songs from many record labels. And give listeners music suggestions. Listeners can either choose to use a free account with business advertisements or paid accounts without the trouble. But is this why digital services are so popular? Here's what local university students say. Compared to iTunes, like Spotify gives like people more opportunities to listen to different musics. It's really beneficial to listeners that would like to.、Uh, that will be more convenient to、uh, browse music online,、uh, listening、uh, to them online every day with their smartphones. But it poses great th- threat to the、uh, CD industry, I think. Despite gaining popularity around the world, music celebrities are speaking against these services and even cutting ties with them. A Spotify listener explains. As internet is like、um, like really popular now, and then you can download music everywhere, but it's not good for the artists and musicians because they pay for everything and then they create these things, but we didn't pay for it. Spotify is worth 62 million Hong Kong dollars and has 40 million subscribers, but it only pays eight cents per song played. After Taylor Swift sold 1.3 million copies of her 1989 album, she pulled out her best-selling singles and previous songs. Why? According to her words, she wasn't willing to contribute her life's work to an experiment that didn't fairly compensate writers, producers, artists, and creators of the music. However, some artists like Imagine Dragons still support Spotify because it's legal and it promotes smaller artists. Here is what KKBox assistant sales manager Carrie Jong has to say.、Uh, in fact, we share over sixty、uh, percent of our revenues to the music labels, so which is we think it is a very fair percentage to to share with them. So. We don't think that we suffer the music label because we, apart from the revenue share, we also have a lot of promotion for them. And apart from that, some artists may think that、uh, they get less profit from an online streaming platform.、Uh, but maybe there is also one point to be considered: is for CD, we need to have a higher cost to produce. For example, cost of the printing,、uh, mastering, or the logistic. And for digital music, they only need to produce the song, which is、uh, no production cost of physical product which is involved. In so I think that maybe it is not so fair to say that streaming platform harm the music industry. I think which harm the music industry more is illegal music. People have less and less time to enjoy music now. But even as we have advanced from CDs, MP3s, iTunes to digital streaming, one thing hasn't changed.
technological advancement. Can artists and label records adapt? Howie Young from the Hong Kong rock band Dear Jane provides an ideal conclusion. You can't fight it because that's the way it is, right? I mean, you can't stop people from from advancing in technology. Streaming devices are the future of music consumption, right? With uh, any artist, you either embrace it or you basically fall off the radar. So it's fine. Things happen, and musicians who want to play will always be able to play. A lot of bands and artists can now get on the same platform as bigger artists with these new streaming devices, which is cool. And that was Howie Young from popular local band Dear Jane, speaking to Radio 3's intern reporter Amanda Xiang. And the uh, markets for at the moment, uh, we've got the Nikkei, which is opening a little down at 20,642, and Australia and Seoul following that trend, uh, both down a touch, Australia at 5,471 and Seoul at 2,004. Well, Tobias, that doesn't look, uh, it looks like it's going to be fairly dull, isn't it, over the summer? August is usually the quiet month. Yeah, it's usually, unless something comes out of the woodworks and there's plenty of possibilities to do so, it could be a very calm summer. So what to do? Um, On one hand, I would think everybody is so incredibly opinionated about commodities and about other factors. Uh, Everybody's already short until their armpits. So maybe that could be things that there's opportunities in. What you mean is, is people have sold it a lot, so that market's very empty. Prices have gone down. Uh, we really look as if we're near the bottom. Exactly. At, at least it feels that way. If you look at some commodities like gold, the net shorts or interests, so the positions that people have taken on the sell side, are at record highs. But isn't it da- a danger then that it may be catching the falling knife, as uh, market traders will say? The market's going down and you're trying to catch it at just the right moment. Absolutely. It's uh, something that uh, you should be taken into account that sometimes you do get bloody hands. But markets get more efficient, so... Effects tend to get faster. Like there used to be the effect you need to buy on Monday. And at one point, people already front run that and started buying on Friday. But we've also got these effects coming up. You know, we traditionally think of August as being quite calm. September as being a month where the markets look to go either way. And then October is full of Black Wednesdays, Black Tuesdays, Black Thursdays. I'm a big fan of October. Are you? Yes. You like October? It, because exactly as you say, a lot of things tend to happen in October, whether it's superstitious or not. But at least for people on the trading side, it's a lot of interesting things to happen. And indeed, as you indicated earlier, the whole interest rate emerging market link might start playing out September, October. Good. Tobias, well, thanks very much for joining us today as our guest host. That's Tobias Hexter, who's the co-CEO of True Partner Advisor and is also an adjunct professor at Chinese University. And if you want to listen again to Tobias or any other stories, you can find all of our podcasts on the RTHK Radio 3 website. Thanks very much for listening to Money for Nothing. I'm Richard Harris, and here's the weather forecast for today. Cloudy with showers, the maximum temperature will be around 31 degrees moderate southwesterly winds. And the outlook is sunny intervals and a few showers in the next couple of days. Temperature at the observatory, 27 degrees centigrade, and the relative humidity, 84%. We've got Peter Lewis up next, but first the news read by Judd Boas. 
Huiming Shen, the boss of collapsed home appliance and furniture chain DSC, and his senior management have been summoned to attend a labor department meeting today to try and settle some ten million dollars of unpaid wages, severance pay, and holidays owed to employees. The founder of DSC and his wife have been missing ever since the chain abruptly closed down last week, as Sean Kennedy reports. More than 350 DSC workers who lost their jobs have now registered with the government, and the Labour Secretary Matthew Chung is urging Hoi Mingshun and his senior management to take responsibility for the fiasco. He said, if they turn up for today's meeting, the whole problem can be settled. Mr. Chung said that would enable the Labour Department to verify wage records and whether or not DSC is really able to pay. He said, Mr. Hoi only needs to sign a statement, and further disputes can be avoided. But he said, if the employers don't turn up or wind up the retailer, the case would have to be referred to the labour tribunal. Chinese manufacturer Kaibao Pharmaceuticals says it's successfully synthesised a substitute for bear bile, which is used in traditional Asian medicine. The animal welfare charity Animals Asia says it's hopeful it could dramatically scale back the mainland's bear bile industry. The founder and CEO of Animals Asia, Jill Robinson. They've actually announced、uh, the, the relevant sentence here is that, that bear species numbers have been reduced、um, due to the bear bile trade, and the emergence of bear farming cannot serve as a, sus- a sustainable solution to medicines made from animals. So again, this is this is particularly exciting. I think that they're recognising that bear farming is not sustainable.